What's up, folks? Uh, episode 2 of New York Bozo today. It's Thursday afternoon, uh, February 22nd. Uh, I'm excited to talk some more Packers football today. Uh, I've been scrolling to Twitter and uh, definitely been seeing a lot of fans tweeting some stuff and uh, kind of got me excited. I want to do another podcast today. The first one was a little sluggish, uh, but uh, I am very enthusiastic and very excited to talk some Packers football today. Uh, Funny thing I just saw on Twitter today, I saw someone tweet about how the Packers do not re-sign Jeff Janis. The New England Patriots will sign him and he will break the NFL's single season receiving record. That just seems like a Patriots move, sign a, a white wide receiver, never really got his chance. Kind of similar to a Chris Hogan uh, over there in Buffalo, but uh, lots I want to talk about today. Uh, we're going to talk about play a little game. If I were the Packers GM, if I were Brian Gutekunst, what would I do with the Packers free agents, uh, possible some play, possibly some players that I would possibly cut? Uh, what would I do in free agency if I were the GM? And uh, what would I do in the draft? The Packers have an abundance of draft picks uh, this upcoming year. And uh, also want to touch base on if the Packers Super Bowl window is closed, the NFC is stacked. And I believe Colin Cowherd of... Uh, Fox Sports, everyone loves over the, everyone over there at Fox Sports, Skip Bayless, uh, says that the Packers' Super Bowl window is closed, so we'll touch base on that, and uh, I'll give you my take on that, but right now let's start on uh, that little game I like to play there, it's called If I Were Goody, if I were Brian Gutekunst and general manager of the Green Bay Packers, what would I do uh, this offseason? This is Brian Gutekunst's first offseason as Green Bay Packers GM, and uh, in my short lifetime of 19 years, this is easily the probably the biggest, most important offseason uh, in most recent memory ever since uh, probably Brett Favre's retirement. And if he was coming back, that was a pretty big offseason as well. But uh, with Ted Thompson uh, finally stepping aside, letting Brian Gutekinds take over the reins, this is definitely the biggest uh, offseason uh, for, for the Packers. Uh, it's the first time in a while. I, that they have not made the playoffs, 7-9. and nine. They'll pick 14th in this upcoming draft. But uh, you scroll on Twitter and you see Jordy, Cobb, uh, Bulaga, Matthews, uh, Morgan Burnett, they're going to re-sign him. What free agents are they going to sign? Malcolm Butler, Ziggy Anza, Trumaine uh, Johnson, possible names out there. But uh, I think I'm going to start right now and uh, my first order of business if I were the GM, this is what I would do if I were the GM, not what I expect Brian Gutekinds to do, but if I were the GM, my first order of business would be uh, trying to free up some cap space, and that would, we talked about this in episode one, uh, what, what I would do with Jordy Nelson and Randall Cobb, and I mentioned how, personally, I would, I would cut them both. I think that uh, if you look at the free agent wide receiver class out there, and you could save a lot of a lot of cap space by cutting these two guys. Probably around $20 million, I believe. If I, uh, I don't have the numbers with me right here, but I believe that's what it would be. Uh, save around $20 million in, uh, in cap room. If by cutting both of them, Jordy Nelson's getting up there in age, and I keep seeing the argument all over Twitter for why Randall Cobb is still a very good wide receiver. And uh, if you look at the little predicament going on in the NFL, the Miami Dolphins just franchise-tagged wide receiver Jarvis Landry. He'll be making... <sighs> More than $15 million. I think it's $16 million, the the franchise tag number for wide receivers this year. And 
Randall Cobb is making slightly less than that this upcoming season, entering the final year of his contract. Now, uh, back when Ted Thompson uh, re-signed Randall Cobb, I believe it was said that Cobb took less money to stay in Green Bay to play with Aaron Rodgers and to have a shot at the Super Bowl because Aaron Rodgers is just that guy. So I was not mad at Ted Thompson for re-signing Randall Cobb. Cobb was an explosive player at the end of his rookie deal. We all saw what he could do and uh, definitely didn't hate it when the Packers uh, re-signed him. But um, obviously, if you look at if you were to look at Randall Cobb's stats, the man's 27 years old. He did not do much without uh, Aaron Rodgers under center. And I keep seeing, oh, Cobb, Cobb can't separate and all this stuff. That, Cobb can separate. He gets a he gets a fair share of uh, separation on his routes. But if you look at 2016 season, 60 catches, 610 yards, 10.2 yards a catch, four touchdowns. 2017, 66 receptions, 653 yards, 9.9 average, four touchdowns. For a guy making as much money as he is, that's just unacceptable. I don't care if Aaron Rodgers is under center or if he's not. Uh, if you look at Devontae Adams. His play didn't decline with Aaron Rodgers under center. So that's the first thing I'd do. I would, if I were the GM, I am cutting Randall Cobb and uh, freeing up that cap space. And the second second thing I would do is GM uh, probably be to, probably to be to cut Jordy Nelson, one of my favorite Packers in recent memory. And uh, everyone always talks about make the argument, oh Jordy Nelson and Aaron Rodgers, they have that. Uh, they had that chemistry, and uh, nothing could take apart that. That's why Nelson's play uh, dropped without Hundley under center. And I was I was part of that crowd for uh, for most of the year, and then you start looking at it. Thirty three years old, declining, definitely doesn't have that uh, that speed that he that he showed earlier in his career. Ever since that ACL injury, really hasn't been the same player. You could say, oh, he's got the most touchdowns in the NFL the past two years, which he doesn't, but he was definitely up there before the Rodgers injury. Uh, you can make that case, and uh, he could be like a like a James Jones when the Packers brought him back there and had a very good season when Jordy was out with the ACL. But like I said, I, I expect Jordy Nelson back in Green Bay, but if I were the GM, I'm cutting him loose completely, freeing up upwards of $20 million in cap space. That pretty much leaves a wide receiving core of Devontae Adams, Trevor Davis, Geronimo Allison, and uh, maybe, maybe Ty Montgomery makes that move back from running back, maybe to a slot receiver. That all depends on uh, what how the Packers see him. If they see him as a running back, that's fine by me. But um, definitely has that capability to play wide receiver like he has in the past. So those two two moves that I would do right away, I don't think I would cut Clay Matthews, though. I feel like Clay Matthews... Uh, He's going to be making a lot of money, but I would like to see him in Mike Pettin's defense, see what Mike Pettin wants to do with a guy like Clay Matthews. If he wants to play him outside, if he wants to play him inside, uh, I'd let I'd let Mike Pettin fool around with that. I did mention how I would cut uh, Brian Bulaga. There's just not really a backup plan for doing so. Uh, Bulaga's coming off that ACL injury. Going to free up some cap space there. But uh, that's the thing. Who do you put at right tackle? I'm not comfortable with Jason Spriggs there. I like the Spriggs pick. Second round, I liked trading up for him in the second round a couple years ago out of Indiana. I thought he was one of the best, better tackles in that draft. But um, he has really showed a an incapability of being able to play tackle in the NFL. Kyle Murphy, 
not an NFL starting caliber uh, tackle. I like I said, I see Justin McRae slipping into the right guard spot because if I were the GM, I would not be re-signing Jerry Evans. I would be moving McRae into that full-time right guard starting spot, leaving a hole at right tackle that, quite frankly, the Packers need to address some way or the other. Um, I haven't really looked at the offensive tackles out there in free agency. I know Nate Solder is one of them, but uh, that's something I'd probably have to take a look at if I'm going to cut Brian Bulaga, but that's one one guy who I'd probably let go with the uh, with the injuries and the cap hit he's got. Also, if I were Brian Gutekunst, I'm not re-signing Morgan Burnett. And uh, I mentioned that earlier, and that's putting a lot into the hands of HaHa Clinton Dix, maybe Kentrell Bryce, and maybe Josh Jones. Uh, I don't see Morgan Burnett back in Green Bay this year. Uh, I feel like Morgan Burnett would definitely benefit from playing in a Mike Pettin defense, but injuries have plagued him. It's, he's getting up there in age. This is going into his ninth season, I think I saw. Something, something like that, but uh, that's one that a lot of Packers fans probably would disagree with me. But uh, Morgan Burnett said it'd be tough to leave Green Bay. He's been here for a long time. I'm a big Morgan Burnett guy, but he's he's definitely a... I wouldn't say he's dropped in play, but he misses a lot of games. He does. A couple injuries here and there. Um, like I said, I wouldn't re-sign Jerry Evans. Um, I'd slip McCray in there at right guard, and a lot of people are probably saying, oh, what are you going to do at receiver? What are you going to do here? What are you going to do there? That's where I dip into free agency, and if I look at this wide receiver pool in free agency, Jarvis Landry's off the market. wasn't going to go for him anyway. He, uh, if you look at the free agents out there, honestly, a lot of people, this this will not happen, but Sammy Watkins is a guy I'd go for, and I'd probably pay a little bit for him. I'd, play, I'd pay a good amount for Sammy Watkins. Line him opposite of a guy like Devontae Adams, and then I'd probably try and sign a guy like Taylor Gabriel from the Atlanta Falcons, move him into that slot role. So if you go into next season with Devontae Adams, Sammy Watkins, and Taylor Gabriel as the three top Packers receivers, that, mark my words, that's a better wide receiver core than Jordy Nelson, Randall Cobb, and Devontae Adams. May not seem that way now, but in my opinion, that's just, that's what I would try and do to uh, fix the uh, wide receiver holes there in the offseason. Defensively, Aaron Colvin's probably one of my uh, free agent crushes uh, out of Jacksonville. It's been news came out earlier this week that the Jaguars don't plan on re-signing him. Jaguars put a lot of money into their uh, defensive backs and AJ Bouye and Jalen Ramsey's going to cost a pretty penny when he comes up free agency in a in a few years. But Aaron Colvin is uh, one of the most underrated uh, free agents out there. And I've seen some Packers guy, uh, Packers fans say, oh, we need all the help we can get. I don't even know this guy. He's not number one. He's not a Trumaine Johnson. He's not a Malcolm Butler. But if you look at this, 35 cornerbacks from Pro, Pro Football Focus, 35 cornerbacks saw 500 snaps in coverage in the regular, regular and postseason in 2017. Only two did not allow a single touchdown. Marshawn Lattimore from the New Orleans Saints, defensive rookie of the year, and Aaron Colvin. 531 coverage snaps, 1 INT, 0 touchdowns given up. 
that's pretty impressive. And I don't know how pro football focus uh, ranks their corners. I think I saw Kevin King was 115th out of 121. King wasn't great. He wasn't that bad. He was a, I thought he had a decent rookie year for, uh, for what he was a, uh, <coughs> Battling with that shoulder injury, excuse me. So Aaron Colvin's a guy that, uh, honestly, I'd probably overpay to get a guy like Aaron Colvin. I'd rather give Aaron Colvin a little too much than maybe a uh, Malcolm Butler or Trumaine Johnson. I'm a big Trumaine Johnson guy. But I would not... I would love to see the Packers sign Aaron Colvin. If I were the GM, that's the guy I'm going for. Tight end's another big position. I've seen some Packers fans, uh, that's definitely got to be addressed in the offseason. And if I were the GM, I wouldn't overlook that. Austin Safarian Jenkins, I've seen that name pop up. Trey Burton as well from Philly. Wouldn't mind a Trey Burton. A little undersized. Uh, I'm not a Safarian Jenkins guy, maybe. But um, we've seen what Aaron Rodgers can do with a tight end that can get down the field, like Jared Cook or Jermichael Finley. But... Uh, I'd probably look in the draft for a guy like in the uh, <coughs> look for a tight end in the draft. I think uh, in the second round is a guy that I was taking a look at. Uh, tight end from um, South Dakota State there, Dallas. I think it's Go. I don't know how to pronounce it. I'm sorry. Go Dare. Go Dirt. Joe Dirt. Uh, he had 573 yards after the catch. Average. 8.1 yards after catch per reception, and he led all tight ends with 12 missed tackles. Weighs 260 pounds. I've seen some Zach Ertz comparisons with him. That'd be a guy I'd look at around the second round. He's definitely a day two guy, probably. Second round, would would love that pick. That's, that's something I would look to address in the draft. Uh, other things I'd probably look to address in free agency... I'd like to take a look at Eric Reed, honestly. Wouldn't mind him at safety. That's a that's a position that Packers fans really are overlooking because I think they want us to keep Morgan Burnett, and I don't think that's going to happen. That's something I wouldn't do either. Um, but Eric Reed, I think, is a guy that should at least be given a look at by the Packers of free agency. Um, if I, I might look to sign a backup quarterback in free agency. You definitely got to give Brett Hundley some competition. I a lot of people hated on Brett Hundley last year, and uh, I did think he would perform a little bit better three years uh, behind Rodgers. But um, obviously, he he had his struggles. Um, he did what he could with what he with what he had. It's tough to be a backup quarterback for the Green Bay Packers when you have one of the worst defenses as well. But uh, we take a look at free agent corner quarterbacks in the NFL that could possibly be a backup um, this upcoming season. <laughs> Kirk Cousins is going to help out Aaron Rodgers an awful lot uh, with the with whatever contract he signs. Um, but I wouldn't mind uh, bringing in a guy like uh, even a Josh McCown. I know he's thirty nine years old, but he's a free agent. Maybe a Geno Smith. Geno Smith's an attractive name. Uh, 27 years old, I think he'd be a better option than Brett Hundley uh, as a passable backup. But a few other names that come to mind, uh, Tom Savage, 
maybe a uh, Drew Stanton. He's 34 years old, a career backup quarterback, Michigan State. But uh, those are some names that could come in, maybe give Brett Hundley uh, a little run for his money, at least give him some competition. So uh, with that, I think I'll move to the draft and what I would do if I were Brian Gutekunst. And uh, one of my big draft cr- I have a few draft crushes, but I think if I were the GM, I would, I'm taking best player available because this team needs playmakers. I'd even consider moving up, if possible, to get a guy like Roquan Smith out of Georgia. He's probably my favorite player in the draft. I'm a big Roquan Smith guy, and, I, and I'm also a big Derwin James guy. I made that uh, quite clear, mocking him to the Packers in my first mock draft. But um, I've seen some Marcus Davenport out of Texas San Antonio, the edge rusher. And that's a, that's a, oof. A guy like Davenport really scares me because his, his measurables are off the charts. But uh, when you play in a weak, weak, play against weak competition and don't exactly dominate that weak competition, that's something that scares me. And when you draft a guy with that kind of measurables, you got to have positional coaches that can uh, make that player, what's the word I'm looking for, uh, Make that player grow into the player that he should be. But uh, if I'm the Packers, my the two guys I look at that I ju- I'm just falling in love with before the combine next week is Roquan Smith and Derwin James. You take a look. You match up Derwin James with HaHa Clinton Dix. <sighs> that looks like a that's a significant upgrade if you ask me from Morgan Burnett and HaHa Clinton Dix. You can move a guy like Josh Jones closer to the line of scrimmage, which is where he is a better player. Uh, like I mentioned, Roquan Smith, phew, him and Blake, uh, Blake Martinez, strict run, run stop guy, and a lot of people have been uh, ragging on Roquan Smith's uh, man coverage skills, but phew, you watch that guy in the college football playoff against Oklahoma and against Alabama, that dude's just a freaking stud. And uh, he's, I fell in love with him right away. I'm like, I don't care what team needs are, that guy's going to make the Packers a better defense from day one. If you're looking for uh, positions of need, some names that come to me to mind are possibly Josh Jackson, uh, the ball hawking corner from uh, University of Iowa, and uh, possibly Denzel Ward from um, Ohio State, although I've seen him mocked top 10 in a few uh, mock drafts. So that'll be interesting to keep an eye on, but uh, Keep seeing Marcus Davenport, Mel Kuyper. I'm not a Mel Kuyper guy. But that's what I'd look at in day two. If I'm looking day two, might look receiver, depending on, oh, obviously not if I'm signing Sammy Watkins and uh, Taylor Gabriel. I probably wouldn't look receiver, but if I were the, if uh, I'd expect the Packers to look receiver day two, maybe a James Washington I could see out of Oklahoma State. I have seen him mocked in the first round of the Packers in a couple. But, uh, Maybe a Christian Kirk, although I've seen him mocked in the first round to a couple teams. It's all about the way the board falls. We're a long way away from free, from uh, the NFL draft, but it's fun to mess around with that kind of stuff. Like I mentioned, tight end Dallas Goder, Goder out of South Dakota State would be a great pick in the second round. And the Packers definitely have a plentiful amount of draft picks this upcoming season. Um, I think they're expected to have, I think, two third-round picks with the, with the comp picks. But um, that's just uh, that's what I'd do, and I'd probably take a quarterback. 
in the late rounds. Uh, like I said, to bring in some competition with uh, Brett Hundley. Um, but if, if I'm the GM of the Green Bay Packers, I'm taking the best player available in that first round. And whether that means trading back, if I don't like anyone that's there, trading back with a team like, <coughs> excuse me, the Buffalo Bills who might be looking to trade up they, uh, for a quarterback. They have those two first-round picks, 21st and 22nd, that the, they might be willing to part ways with if a guy like possibly a Josh Rosen falls out of the top 10 or a Baker Mayfield falls out of the top 10. The Bills might want to move up, and the Packers are a team that I could see trading back. And uh, I've also seen the Packers could be uh, possibly trading back into the first. Yes, that way, Brian Gutekinds kind of makes his mark there. But I don't, I don't. Who knows what Brian Gutekinds is going to do? But if I were the GM, I'm taking the best available player, probably regardless of position. I don't care if Quentin Nelson falls to 14, and the, you take him. He's the best available player, and he's going to help the team. Uh, unless it's probably a quarterback, but um, that's that's what I do. And with that, we'll move on to uh, Colin Cowherd talking about if the Packers' uh, Super Bowl window uh, has closed. <laughs> the other day, I saw I saw it on Twitter when Colin Cowherd said the Packers' Super Bowl window is closed, and. Uh, when you have a guy under center like Aaron Rodgers, I'm pretty sure your Super Bowl window is never closed. I know the Packers are facing the toughest road uh, to the, back to the Super Bowl with uh, their schedule. Next season, they have the toughest schedule in the league facing teams like the Atlanta Falcons, the Minnesota Vikings twice, the New England Patriots once, the Buffalo Bills once, even a playoff team. But that's uh, just... I kind of think it's idiotic for him to say that, but the Packers definitely need to make some moves. They're going to compete with... You look at the New Orleans Saints, look at the draft they had. Marshawn Lattimore, Alvin Kamara. I mean, dude, you turn around a team like that. Offensive Rookie of the Year and Defensive Player of the Year, or Rookie of the Year, I'm sorry. That's that's how you turn around a team. (laughs) You know, right here, I've got a little video talking about if the Packers' Super Bowl window has closed. Take a listen. How do you think the Packers will fare in 2018? Well, as long as Aaron Rodgers is healthy, I think that they'll be fine. You know, the the one thing about strength of schedule, and I love that John Breach does this, my colleague does this every year, and I think it's great, and it, you know, there are some nuggets that you really get out of this. It is important to remember that the teams may not look exactly uh, the way they look right now once, once the season rolls around. But I think you look at those home games, you know, of course, they're going to play the Bears and the Lions and the Vikings because of divisional matchups. The 49ers are getting a lot of heat thanks to Jimmy Garoppolo. The Falcons, Falcons are a tough. Yeah, you, you look at the road games too. Um, you know, you got to go to New England. That's going to be a tough one. Seattle, of course, is not easy to play. That's a tough stretch of road games. Fortunately, they have those divisional matchups. They've got success against those teams. Um, you get the Jets on the road. It's not going to be easy for the Packers, but you do see a path where. Aaron Rodgers, if he's healthy for the full 16 games, can get them back to the playoffs. Uh, That was from CBS Sports. If Aaron Rodgers plays all 16 games, I really don't see a way that the Green Bay Packers are not back in the playoffs next season. And as we've seen it many times, if you're in the playoffs, you got a shot. That's just plain and simple. Especially when you got Aaron Rodgers. I'll take Aaron Rodgers over any quarterback in the league. 
uh, when it's all said and done. So I kind of think that's idiotic of Colin Cowherd to say the Packers Super Bowl window is closed. It's definitely a lot tougher when you got a team like the uh, Minnesota Vikings in your division. You got teams like Carolina and Atlanta and New Orleans and Seattle and the Los Angeles Rams now. And even the Dallas Cowboys are still a threat over there in the East. The NFC is just loaded. You take a look at the AFC. What do you got? You got the New England Patriots, the Jacksonville Jaguars, and the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's about it. So, no, the Packers Super Bowl window is not closed, but uh, they definitely need to do something about it uh, if they want to possibly contend and win another Super Bowl. Aaron Rodgers got to get got to get at least one more ring. I mean, to have Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre as your quarterbacks for twenty plus years. Uh, to get two rings out of them, that's a, I feel like that's a failure on the uh, organization. But uh, that should just about do it for today's episode of New York Bozo, episode two, uh, February 22nd. Hopefully we'll uh, talk some more Packers football with you in the upcoming week. Uh, thanks for listening. Subscribe, please. Thank you.